already do. It's yours true, Yoni Wolf. You're listening to the Wandering Wolf. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure today to be talking to you. I've had, a, I've had some, I'm in a, I'm in a bit of a funk. Need to get to yoga today. I'm going at 5.15. I really should be doing this Kung Fu. I'm in this cycle thing where I'm, I feel like I'm not in great shape with my intestines and stuff. You know, I'm not, I don't, my blood isn't as high as it should be. You know, so I'm like scared to start something new that's super hyper physical. But I feel like my calling is to be hyper physical. And that's when I'm at my happiest. So at some point, I'm going to get into some kind of martial arts, kung fu. Don't laugh. It's not, I'm not trying to win, you know, I'm not trying to go to states. It would just be for my own physical health and therefore mental and emotional, it's all connected. I, I just need something, I need some form of sort of discipline to take me through the day. Look, I feel really lucky to not, I haven't had a job since 2000, really. 2001, I'd worked like a little bit, uh, and that's great. And, and what I do is definitely preferable. When we last caught up with our working hero, I was working at Wild Oats, which is like Whole Foods, you know, Whole Foods bought most of those out, I think, but uh, I was, you know, making the juices and the smoothies and the, and the uh, coffee drinks back at the thing and working in the bakery and going back to the freezer at 7 in the morning or 6 in the morning, actually. I would come before the store opened. That sucked, of course, in its own way, but how I live now is just day-to-day in this haze of uncertainty and with the vague notion of that I want to create something. Humans were meant to work, you know, you're meant to have something to do all day. There is a a no man's land that I can end up in and uh, lack focus and stuff. So me taking some sort of martial arts, kung fu, something, you know, would be like like a focus that I could have for my physical self just to feel like, okay, you know, oh, no, no, I really shouldn't have that other piece of cheesecake, you know, because I'm going to vomit that up when I go in to work on my katas or whatever the fuck they call them. Maybe I should do Tai Chi. You know, it's less violent. But I'm not worried about that. It's not like I'm going to be doing uh, cage matches or something like that. I love watching that shit. Don't get me wrong. But that's not really for me. We just need to get started on working every day for this next record. I have all these feelings about it that uh, that aren't actualized so I want to go there and I did last night I just went through all the notes in my phone you know the yellow notes pad because I had to get my phone rebooted because it was uh it wasn't working anyway I went to the Apple Genius yesterday so I had to copy over all my notes to like the uh iCloud or whatever Last night when I got home, I read through all the notes that I had, and I have a good amount of interesting lyrics. You know, and this is always the case. I always think I'm not working, but it's it's sort of like, you know, like breathing or whatever. It just, can, you know, they, the words kind of come to you, you know, in your times of, of idleness and, and usually in half sleep, you know. I'm not sure what the record's about yet. 
you'll see, as I explained to uh, Alfred, things really do develop um, in, in the process. The work is done really to figure out what it is that I'm festering on about over the, you know, the couple few years that I'm working on the record. I say in the, in the interview that my albums are like rungs, rungs in a tree, but it, I meant rings. Like if you cut down a tree, like the age of the tree, you know, and each ring demarks a certain era. That's how albums are for me. And the last one particularly was a real, is a record of a lot of pain and stuff, I think. And, you know, I, I think I want to move towards, I want to have that happy, really happy record. Uh, but, you know, I haven't got there in life yet. I'm still sort of drifting. Um, and maybe I'll drift all my life. I'm not unhappy. I just still don't feel settled. And maybe that's a matter of, maybe I just need to get into intense physical activity all the time if I can handle it physically. That's the thing, is that I have these gut issues and, and, and blood issues. And, and then, you know, on top of all that stuff that's infuriating and, and you know, I don't know how to fix it and it feels like uh, hopeless, you know, sometimes there's, I have like the, this freaking golfer's elbow, which is not as scary as those things at all, but it's still, it, it uh, you know, it prevents me from, from doing, I can't really do pull-ups anymore, which is one exercise I used to do all the time. And, you know, even push-ups and stuff get, get to me. So, you know, the, there's always these things that, that, that pull you back from doing what, you want to do or what you want to be doing in life and you know it's hard not to let those things be excuses but it's time for me to step up and be the man that I know I can be I have a man inside me (laughs) I have a man inside me that eventually hopefully before I die will come out and uh, lead the, the life that I was supposed to live Maybe my whole issue is that I feel like I have that man, so I'm always frustrated and upset at myself for not being um, what I know I could be. I'm a perfectionist. We know this. Uh, This is documented by several head care professionals. Anyway, I recorded this interview uh, in May in Liverpool, England. This, I do a little um, in intro. I actually recorded it after the interview, but I felt like talking to the recorder right after Alfred left. So he left, then I recorded this intro you're about to hear, and then we get into this interview that uh, is really insightful. Alfred is, goddamn, I couldn't ask for a better person to talk to uh, in terms of clarity and uh, having just a very uh, interesting point of view. So, uh, yeah, first we get to me, then we get to Alfred. Dig it. Sugar snap. case on tour and then uh i woke up at 4 30 i was supposed to wake up at 6 30 to get on this, this ferry and i ended up waking up waking up at 4 30 and i couldn't fall back asleep so you know i only slept i don't know three hours and then 
getting on the ferry and all this shit. I've had diarrhea the last, like, three weeks. I can't get rid of it. I don't know what it is. I thought it might be nuts, eating uh, nuts. I don't mean that like testicles, necessarily, but more like cashews and almonds and pecans and things like that. Bottom line is, uh, it's been a rough day. I didn't sleep much. I started acting like a little bitch in the van. I mean, just being kind of, just, just being snippy and how I get on tour, which I hate that when I haven't slept. Which, I don't get that way when on the bus tours, really, because I sleep well. Or I sleep a long time, anyway. I can just stay in the bunk as long as I want. But, you know, now we're, we're, we're doing this van tour, so I'm kind of uh, sleeping in hotels. And, you know, sometimes you got to do these dumbass early mornings. Well, the point is, it was a tough day. I went and got some halal chicken and cooked that in my toaster oven in the hotel here. I had to switch rooms because the air conditioner didn't work in the room I was in, etc. So there's always some shit like that. We did a good show to about, I don't know, 75, 100 people. Very small audience here in Liverpool, um, which is where we are, I'm, I, I should say, because I always like to say where um, where I am. Well, I'm in the Base to Stay Hotel in Liverpool. Um, and I just interviewed... Daedalus. I thought it was a really good talk. He's a very articulate gentleman and had really intelligent things to say about music and has thought about it a lot, obviously. I really appreciated that interview. Yeah, I, I, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. Check it out. The best way to be a weird middle-aged person writing songs for 15-year-old girls is a... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because then you, you had start identifying with your audience, and that's, you know, yeah. doing what they do. Like the rave circuit, I came to that kind of late in my career, and most of the audience people are half my age. Yeah. I'm not wearing candy yet, but... You know, <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah. How, how old are you? 35. 35, okay. You're about my age. I'm, I'm 34, so... You fostered, like, uh, a fan base that really, like, is intimately familiar with your songs, and, like, your song base. Versus yeah. the electronic music world, which is a little more anonymous. Yeah, you, you're not singing too much, and yeah, I mean that's you know, it's, well, it's just it's, they're coming to you versus, in my case, a lot of these kind of events, these massives, they're they're kind of coming for themselves, and then you're providing a soundtrack. You're you're, yeah. you're being hired because the curators know you and they know your music, and maybe, not necessarily the whole audience. Some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah, and and maybe you're expected to kind of play moments of that kind of thing, but really it's like you're a BPM more than you are a. And they, and do they are they clear about that? Like, all right, tonight we're we're at 126 or whatever. I think you're supposed to kind of know priorly. You're supposed to kind of like show up with I mean, that in your back pocket. The closest I can relate to that is a few years ago, I did a couple of DJ sets. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I was hired as Yoni Wolf. We want what you like we want you to play what you like so I I would play some some slow stuff like really slow well, but it was you it you was me and I and, and the people that came out you know I assumed would come because you know I'm playing stuff and they want to hear what I'm into I got bitched out several times got bitched out like a couple times by people in the in the quote unquote audience or whatever just coming up like you know um do you have anything more like you know eh, I mean this that that's the exact the exact situation. You're providing a soundtrack to yeah. their experience, yeah. and they have this this like this idea of what their experience should be, which is really silly considering that they're in a space where they're trying to imbibe 
what is being brought to them in a way. You know, yeah. it's like they don't know what they're going to drink necessarily, and yet they know what their kind of drunk is like. Right. And so, right. You know, they want the thing that they haven't heard, but yet at the same time, they just really want Biggie Smalls right. again and right. again. Now, or the equivalent. Yeah. But in your case, which is different than my case, you're playing your own music most of the time, right? No, no. I'm oh, playing, no, you're, I'm you're playing, DJing. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not DJing, but I am playing, like, basically, I'm really utilizing a lot of different pieces to make assemblage in the moment that goes... And these, and, but the, these are pieces that, that you generated somehow, whether they're samples or mm-hmm. whether they're uh, fucked up pieces of noise that you've created somehow with, with uh, you know effects and, and processing or whatever. Yeah. These are your, your sounds, all these bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. I say bits and bobs because we're in England right now. Oh, but that's, yeah, it's perfectly reasonable. Um, <laughs> and you, you bring, uh, you bring these things to the event and you, you really, on the spot, you'll create stuff. But I do utilize a lot of other people's music to, to get there though. It's like, like lately I've been messing with Tame Impala, for instance, like this one Tame Impala track and not because it's necessarily Tame Impala, but because it has like this fierce guitarness to it okay. that goes to a certain degree. And then when you start mixing it up with other bits, just be it the classic hip hop production idea of just using drum breaks and yep. things to like accentuate and kind of get to a mood. So utilizing that really simple sample technique, but then, yeah, but then ripping it apart further and further and further to you just get down to like, well, that's a guitar tone no matter where it's from. Right. So it's like tonality. So it is kind of that noise kind of idea, but then trying to give people an in because I definitely went for a long time doing the non-in thing like right. where, where you're just coming in from outer space and occasionally it works occasionally people relate right. a lot of times you just you need gateway drugs not to circle back so to you previous. so do you yeah <laughs> do you feel like now through doing that first of all is it a drag to do that do you feel like you're like doing someone else's bidding or do you feel like you know what Yes, this, this this restricts me and puts me in a box, but like I can be creative within that box. No, know? I feel freedom. I, yeah. I played my own music for like eight years, yeah. and I just did my own songs. And yeah. I just at a certain point, I just didn't understand the songs anymore. Like the 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 nature to which I originally composed them was so removed from the situation that I was performing them in. Yeah, they didn't have a resonance with me. Like I made music that's made for like listening in headphones and right. intimate situations, yeah. and then to play it on a loud system just felt kind of wrong. And yeah. I would try to like push and pull things, and certainly there was too many flips and changes in the songs they just weren't made for that thing have you been creating the shit like when you're in the studio or in your bedroom i don't know where you make music it could be it's a number of situations yeah yeah, but yeah you know you know how it is like flexibility is Absolutely. the name of the game nowadays if you can make music on the road you're winning yeah because the amount you have to be on the road but then uh, i love like getting in a studio that can sound proper and then just sure. also being in bedroom ears and all that stuff yes cool but do you feel like the way that you're playing live is affecting the way that you're creating? I try to keep them pretty... Like, this has actually been a way that I can keep them separate. Like, the, there are two different fish swimming. I see, I see. So you still, when you when you create, you're still thinking about how it's going to sound in headphones for kids that are listening to your shit like that, how they always have been. Yeah. Um, but the truth is now, it's funny because people don't approach records like records. They're kind of, you know, willy-nilly... Yeah, bring that Britain thing back. Um, but, and let's, they, hear, yeah, let's hear a song here or there. Yeah, a song here or there, and they're just you know like they're making their own mixtape effectively out of everything, their own playlist. Yeah, I've and heard so, a day list. Let me check him out on YouTube. Yeah, so let me check the biggest first. song first, the thing yeah. that had the million views or whatever, and nothing else. Which is what you've had. You have had something like that. Yeah, I have Fairweather Friends was yeah. kind of like a bigger song for some yeah. kids, and then there's a few other songs that seem to show up. But it's like it's they're years old now and stuff, and the new yeah. things kind of get smushed around and it's hard to find like a clear voice 
like it's nothing's really curated so it isn't like you know when you go to youtube and you type in a word it isn't like it makes any sense it's just this like spasm of yeah. songs like you know thousands of weird like fragmentary moments from like badly recorded shows I, to like I professional agree. videos it's the same and, thing for us it, well, and, and it's the conundrum of our time. It's the absolute yep. crux of the whole problem is that yep. with the disintegration of all these different ways that an artist wants to frame their work, you get, you explode the whole thing. And so that now it's like, so I'm still making records and nobody listens to records. So what's like, the, what's the, the, what's the answer? Do you, do you, I mean, you could go into, into a situation where you're, you know, okay, I'm going to just do singles or whatever mm-hmm. and, and just. Like a lot of electronic musicians and a lot of artists in general. They've been doing just, that lately. Just like, okay. Yeah, just got rid of the whole thing. But I think it's better to be foolish and to deal with just a smaller group of people. It yeah. becomes more fine art than it is the broad yeah. music base, but what else have we been but doing? But if you're if you're out and about playing parties, people are going to get to know your name like that and then you you dupe people into listening to to things. Yeah, it's a slow music <laughs> yeah. into these sad yeah. songs. Yeah. Yes, all the time. That's good. I like I get, that. I but like I get a lot that. of people who do get disgruntled. And you see like what you were talking about when you're at the club playing your music that you really love. Yeah you get these people who, who take umbrage with it. They take like, they're offended somehow that you're not playing to their expectation. Right. And so I've circumvented that by playing live in a lively fashion yeah. and this kind of continuous manner and then records that can be sad and droopy. And then I do get a lot of crosstalk. People come to shows and they're disappointed they're not playing the songs they want to hear. Right. That right. They've heard on these records, but they have the record. Right. So, they so they're already, to the record. yeah, you don't have to worry and about them. The they've live already... people, they come for the live show and, and, and hopefully I, I sneak in the melodic stuff I want. So I'm trying to say that I win, but really just losing on two degrees. <laughs> and that's, I feel like, I feel very happy with that right now. Yeah. Man, you know, I, I feel like there's some, there's a lot of sense that, that you're making, you know, in doing what you're doing. Like, I, I, I have always felt the disconnect between recorded music and live music. And yes, it's true. We do play our own songs and we don't, we don't change it. We have our hardcores that come out to hear the songs. But, you know, they're, they're also... But, but you guys, but as a band, you guys are already transforming the music to make it more live. Yeah, I guess I guess it just naturally happens when you put, you know, six people on a stage together. There's an energy that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, you know, there is, a, there is a tempo thing that, you know, sometimes we... You know, like tonight, I felt a few songs, I felt like, ah, it's too, this is too slow. You no, it's just not enough body... The, the dance floor mathematics weren't there. The, the, right. It wasn't... The, right. the proper space of room versus drunkenness versus body. That's your so next like, album, by the way, Dance Floor Mathematics. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, the next the next record title is not the good record <laughs> title. It is the sad record title. It goes again to show my... my Are you allowed to say it? Sure. I mean, it's not really been announced, but... This um, won't come out for a couple months anyway, so... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Then it'll, it'll be fully out by then, yep. and it would have already just had its two-week window of having some attention... <laughs> and already be back in the underground and the hardcore the is put back to sleep yeah. for yeah. a good eight eight years. Uh, it's called Drown Out. Drown Out. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It's coming on the Anticon label. I know. Right. I know. That's so awesome. And you said it's coming out in September? September, kind of, maybe. Ish. Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Artwork's that. done. First video's done. More work to be done. But have you tended to bounce around labels a lot, or, or yeah, as you did stuff early on? I remember you were doing stuff with with Mush early on. Well, earlier than that, I did stuff with Plug Research. You were doing stuff with Plug Research, yeah. okay? And, yeah, and and then Ninja Tune uh, has been like a home you, for a while. But like you did Ninja Tune before Mush or after? It's it's a kind of a funny story and a kind of a controver- controversy. I think that's again trying to get back to the UK. Sort of a controversy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was. Initially duped into continuing a relationship with Mush by uh, starting a relationship with Ninja Tune. 
I don't want to get as a licensing much. deal, kind of licensing deal, but yeah. then also like kind of oh, what we did with Cloud did, maybe, maybe. But then at the same time, I was told that like, oh no, the only way this is gonna happen is if if you sign for like a few more from right. Rush. And, right. I don't know. I probably if I'd read the fine lines and asked the tougher questions, I think I would have avoided. Were there some fine pitfalls. lines? I'm I, I, as much as I should be contractually. Yeah. Really, I just want to make music. Oh, same here. I hate I hate that stuff. I, and I I just. I feel really blessed to have uh, Brent who now who's managing. It's just like takes a low, real load off. Um, have you ever had anybody doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I have some. I have, I have a do. good team, good. and I feel like it took me a long time to get to that good team yeah. place. And a yeah. lot of people, I think, like a lot of young musicians I talk to, they're so caught up in like identifying a unique voice, much less just trying to see how this world works, just trying to even figure out like what what right. version of trap music they want to be making right now. That they what is even... what is that? Tell me what that is. Tra- I mean, I kind of know. I, I mean, Dude, I, you know more than most. Like I know the sound of it. It's like you know, you've been following southern hip hop probably yeah. in its in its many forms of yeah. of itself. But very, but very much from from afar, you know. Right. I mean, and a lot more of the Texas stuff. Let's just put it in the Texas box. The UGK is trap Texas. Well, not necessarily, but like Titty Boy, who became Two Chains. You could say he was in a trap van, and there was a bunch of people. What was who, he when he was Titty Boy? Who did he rap with? I never heard of Titty Boy. Titty Boy was just Texas. He did. He didn't have a group that he was with. I, he. I mean, he probably ran with a clique or. A, he was with the Ghetto Boys. I was. I, that's what I was expecting you to say. Like, oh my god, <laughs> he was the fourth member. Yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I, I don't follow it myself because I get overwhelmed. It's like there's a bunch of music genres that are like that. Just like too big, too absolutely casting these huge right. shadows everywhere. And trap has nothing to do with the electronic version of trap, right. and yet at the same time they are birthed from that same so place. There's there's an electronic trap, and then there's the hip hop trap. Yeah. Okay. And that and they run in parallel, and the hip hop trap feels very left out of this newfound success from electronic trap. Electronic trap will probably be gone in six months. Probably the time this podcast comes out. Nobody will care about trap. Who 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 who's doing electronic trap? Well, Bauer. Bauer is a good example. With I don't his, know Bauer. Bauer had that I'm Harlem Shake. Very ignorant. Oh, the that, Harlem Shake yeah, song. That was him. Yeah, and that, he is a really nice kid. And yeah. His sound, like him and Arl Grime and Salva and some of these young bright lights in this yeah. scene, uh, they don't. They could care less about the hype of it. Right. They just been making the sound for a while and and getting um, new rhythms. Basically, you know, like a lot of electronic music is based on a BPM and yeah. a feel. Yeah. And the combination of the two. Like, you could say 160 BPM was the traditional tempo of a lot of drum and bass. Okay. Like juke music also uses 160 BPM, and yet they feel different, and so they're not the same genre. See, for me, you know, I dip my toe in that because I, Cloud Dead was 80. Yeah. That was our thing, so every once in a while we'd dip our toe. Yeah, you see? But very minimally. But yeah. it's just like anything. It's just you put the snare in a different place, and suddenly, yeah. supposedly, everything is changed. It's a new genre, yeah. But the truth is, it's just, you know, you're messing about in a, in a world of sound and you encounter things. And I'm sure, you know, you could say that those dudes that were making trap music in the mid-90s, trap rap or whatever you want to call it, yeah. was like, they found a sound, but really they were probably just finding some go-go music from Washington, D.C. Right. Or, or, you know, go back further or further, whatever. And it's just all sound. Everybody's talking about the new school, blah, 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 but it's still rock and roll to me, right? There you, you go. You know, I yeah. think he said it best. And, and the thing I find funny is that a lot of this music... Um, Okay, so this is getting maybe a little heady. Yeah. But like jazz and classical music used to all be based on dances. Okay. If you look at all of classical music, they're all based on these boleros and waltzes and all these different short forms that used to have associated dances. Okay. The associated dances were left behind, but the music was still around. Well, we have the Harlem Shake now. We have the Harlem Shake now, which is also based on a dance, partially, at least in name. But then jazz is the same way. Like people used to dance to that stuff. Right. Get disconnected. And you see it happening. Rock and roll feels a lot like that, too. People used to do 
the land of a thousand dances. There used to be all these dances you right. do, but now when you go to a show, people kind of shamble around. But it gets it gets convoluted. That's the thing is it might start like jazz might have started like that, and then you had you know big even with big band you had the Charleston going on that shit. Totally. But then you got into bebop and like it got more heady into a realm of uh, or, or, or went more within itself. Sure. Right. Well, it because got it got it got decoupled from having a steady rhythm, and suddenly right. you know it's about this artistic. And I, I feel like it's the same thing with math rock and this other stuff. It, it was grounded in this kind of idea of moves and then it's been free for a long time it's been untethered yeah electronic music is also in this this moment where it still has this idea you're supposed to dance to it at some level but really it's being decoupled for a while now okay and we're floating away from that yeah and i think that's an interesting schism that's happening people are still constantly trying to get back to dancing but really it's just already kind of unmoored and floating away but that brings us back to like, yeah, I think they are into dancing when they're going out, but I think that a lot of people do listen to it. I mean, you know, remember they called it IDM in the beginning of yeah. the 2000s or whatever, and, earlier, you know, yeah. and that's not, IDM wasn't really to dance for. It was, but it stood for intelligent dance music. I know, but, so, it, but was, it doesn't make any sense. No, it no, doesn't. It, it doesn't. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why they call it EDM nowadays. It isn't called electronic music. It's called EDM a lot by a lot of kids, and that's electronic, electronic dance music. Dance music yeah. But it's also like... What's the other one? Right, right. <laughs> What's the non-electronic, non-dance, non-music? Uh, everything else is still electronic, but you just don't call it that. Like, you know, house music, and yeah. you have all that other kind of shit. Techno. Right? Te- techno. What's the difference between techno and, and electronic? I mean, like... Well, and it's funny, too, because in the early 90s, yeah. when techno was a was kind of a hip word to use, everything was put through the lens of techno. You had jungle techno was the first form of, like, rave and breakbeat was called right. jungle techno. and just acid house had been uh, like you know kind of gotten rid of because people kind of got tired of those that same squelchy three or three baseline but then techno was the way that people decided to pick up and it's just arbitrary yeah the way things are spelled are arbitrary and you know it's it's as good as something like jazz or rock and roll which is all just words for sex anyways <laughs> and and you know techno was probably at one point yeah the way germans had sex but, right right you know now it's or people in detroit had sex or you know whoever had sex why did you start making music in the first place? There's, there's like a, a, a question to jump back to. I mean, what was it that you heard? What was it that you know? Did you, did you take trumpet in high school? You know, where did yeah. you come from? I come from a background in instruments, I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I double figured. bass and bass clarinet were my okay. my instruments, and I took double bass to, like, to the university level. I was studying jazz and stuff, and never, never knew my place. In it. I mean, I knew it was music for me. I knew it was from the start. I knew there was nothing else, and I pretty much spent all my time and junior high school and high school I was that kid I was that like I was in symphony and band and yeah. marching band and all that stupid stuff and, I mean so, wonderful amazing stuff but also yeah. like no social life and sure. drugs thank goodness for some drugs but at the same time like still nothing really and bad, bad cover bands playing like Clash songs and like whatever Nirvana and, and all that stuff learned all those songs back and forth nice but, but at the same time like electronic music was a freedom that I always was interested in but I had no idea how to make. What was the first like electronic stuff? Like you know, you, your mind. Computer mind's games so... by George Clinton. Okay. Was, like when I was like four. That's like a later George Clinton record. That was one of his solo records, but that was the one with like like Atomic Dog was on that. Okay. And like some of his big hits were on that record. Got it. Um, and that, as a young person, that was like all I listened to. L.A. shit. You know. Yeah, L.A. shit. Exactly. I like I yeah. I met George Clinton when I was a kid. Oh wow. Like, I remember that his the compound he was at smelled like photochemicals. Okay. But I think it's because they were probably was that crack? Cooking, like yeah, who knows? Yeah. But I, like it's a clear as a bell memory. I have yeah. very little memory of my childhood, but I remember that like this place smells weird. Why were you at his compound as a kid? Uh, my next door neighbor's father's brother was his like manager or dealer, or who knows? Okay. And so as a kid, of course, 
want to meet the guy with the weird tricolored mohawk. He's like, stuff. I gotta, I gotta make a deal. Let me bring, let me bring this four-year-old kid yeah. with me. It's so weird the things that that color our lives. But that's one of those things. It's like forevermore. I not just meeting him, but also just like having that music in my life. Yeah. The gift of L.A. weird radio, where there was like dance rap and like. Susie Q was on the radio and all these like weird hyphy things and uh, pure energy by that public. Anyway, it's just weird music. This is most of this is way past me. I mean, way past my hit. It's like I, I imagine growing up in Miami. If you had like the eighties or nineties right. like, freestyle music, you would right. probably be hip to weirdest things. Yeah, and I feel the same gift of LA sometimes. Yeah, like, it's this population where we have sure we have Banda and like whatever other regional music going on at the same time. We have like Depeche Mode, and so we have these weird. Like Smith's conventions, where there's just like half the people are just like of the strangest origin and backgrounds, yeah. like loving Morrissey, and like where else gets that? Like, yeah, we get that. We get yeah. like the weird yeah, everything. It's got a good mix. It does. Yeah, have... well, a vigorous mix. I'm not sure if it's good. Yeah, but yeah. It definitely produces. I mean, it has a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, we made the <laughs> Korean taco, so I mean, yes. that's our gift to the world yes. at this point. So. How are those? I've never oh, had fantastic. one. Fantastic. I'm sure it is. Yeah, what? It's really so lovely. it's it's got like Colby beef on the taco. Fuck. It's lovely. Fuck. Yeah. So, you've been on tour, like, for ten weeks, you said? Yeah, ten weeks with, like, you know, that kind of thing of... You probably have the same way where you, you go out on the road, but you have the weird point where you loop back home. Yeah. And you're, like, you're back in the mix, but you're not... not, you're not really. You can't really yeah. peace out. You have to stay you in the mode. You have to sleep for 76 hours. Do yeah. laundry, maybe. If, yeah. You know, I definitely am overdue after this three-week run. Yeah. I know there's some touring partners I've had in the past who get pretty disappointed in my yeah. suit smells. Um, but yeah, ten <laughs> weeks, ten weeks on the road is 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 a weird one, especially because it's a tour that wasn't supporting a record. This was just a tour because okay. it's tour time, and that's the way the world it is, is. Tour time. It's nice to have something new in pocket, no matter how sad or how much the record is not considered by the listening audience. Yeah, it is considered by press. Yeah. So when you're not working the thing. Do you feel like the t- that the shows were kind of rough because of that? It was just really disparate. Like, there'd be some random night in, like, Arcata, Arcata, California that was, yeah. like, packed and cracking. Yeah. And then, like, the next day in Eugene, which is arguably a larger city, maybe a different population, but just cool, mellow. Yeah. You know, half full room, not super promoted, the promoter being a little bit... Really nice kids, but, like, just uh, so many examples of that. Like, sure. some, some rooms just, like, again, like... Sold out show in New York and really nice and Just Blaze did a guest set just for fun and stuff and like I didn't know Just Blaze you, knew about the music and he 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 came just because you were there he came I'm sure just because it was a night and he seems to be getting more hip to the electronic stuff I mean he's yeah. certainly incorporating a lot more of it into his his own music but like just such a legendary producer and but yeah. he knew about uh, that, that song Accordion of mine yep. or yep. like the song that sampled you know became Accordion mm-hmm. and we talked for a second after and it was just uh, such a trip like I just can't believe sometimes that. I mean, we all have these histories. We've been releasing records for a while, and I just assume yeah. that everyone's like an extra sketch that every new thing is just basically you're on completely. Yeah, but you know, like that. But, but, then, but you know, you've been doing this since the late '90s, mid late '90s. I don't know when you early started aughts it. was my my beginning. Early aughts, yeah. like that's you know that's a long time. That's 13 years since mm-hmm. you know some shit's gonna stick in people's minds. People know your name. But I just said, I, I just think everyone gets older and they just quit the game. It just yeah. seems like everyone has their kids and they like become yeah. like culturally neutral even though they're still around yeah you see it at shows like it's always the same age right that's you get older and they stay the same right, age right right but you you mentioned doom did you get to meet him i, I met him subsequently I, I did some projects with him i did a, a song with him that was just independent like his own thing yeah that was a little later and i toured with him a little bit around the same time as uh i did yeah that was the weirdest tour that was j lib j dilla mad lib 
and Doom. So it was the J-Lib and Mad Villain tour. Oh, and God. I toured with them for two days, just playing accordion that's, on that's two cool. shows. Played actual accordion. Actual accordion, yeah. cause just to kind of mimic the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd be something special. Did they, how did that happen? Like, did you know Mad Lib before that? Mad Lib did a remix of my very first record, actually. Okay. Yeah, which was amazing to have a dude that I, I didn't know um, terribly well, but looked up to in terms of his aesthetic. Like, yeah, this shit's great, And man. also the fact, too, that he... Like, I come from a live music background, playing instruments, and, and loving the sample life, though, too, because it's like you borrow these instruments, these players, these these rooms, you can yeah. get, you can, like, I never could, as a just a kid in a bedroom, be able to be in these studio rooms, but by sampling, of course, sure. you get, get your fingers dirty in those spaces. And he's just one of those guys that can, there's rare people who can sample as well as they can play, uh-huh. and they can play as well as they can sample. He's a bass player, know. mainly? Drummer, He plays actually. every, oh, drummer, Drums, okay. and, but everything, like, he, he can... He'll make records just by sitting, getting blunted, and just being in a room and just playing everything, and and eventually it's like, wow, he just that became something. Yeah, and I, I feel like some people have that kind of vision where they can sit down at drums and just play drums, and then just know it enough that they can go over to the keys and play keys, and it'll actually like communicate. And his shit doesn't it doesn't seem like it's always to a click or anything. Like he, Not there's all a lot of there's a lot of push and pull, which I love that. Yeah, he he is a gift. So to have him on that first record made it so I, I was knowledgeable about him and, and paid him in, in the funniest forms. So he remixed my first record, but yeah. at the same time, he remixed other songs off my record. I think maybe he was confused about which song he should do, or maybe he just liked the songs enough to do remixes. Yeah. So it sat around as like a, a random fragmentary remix beat thing that he did for years. I don't know if you recall, but Mad Villain was leaked before it came out. Yeah in this kind of weird fashion where it was leaked kind of pre-mastering and so people were hyped about it but it was also like it was Sounded one of these first raw. examples of of when it seemed like it really was going to doom the record it yeah. really, I mean doom in every form yeah. it seemed like it was really going to undermine the success of the record because it leaked so so vigorously and it wasn't like at the time where they could just release it they didn't people weren't up in that game where they just would oh okay well it's leaking well I'm just going to release the record right, a little right. early so this was like weeks and weeks in advance it had been leaking and it wasn't even the complete thing and so they went back to the studio and scrambled to get new versions of things and in the end my little fragmentary beat or the thing that he had done with a, with my original record became suddenly something that was on there so it was like I see he had taken that from the stuff that he had remixed and I'm not sure if it was him that picked it or Doom that picked yeah, it or who maybe Doom heard it amongst his shit and was all on a rap on that mm-hmm. and I'm the only credited sample on that record right which is a weird ghostly because like, he knew you know he knows you and he can't just rip your shit without you well know. I, I know they were about to <laughs> they were about to they were like came down to the very last second okay and then they kind of like oh well and they get did they split up the publishing too no no eh, you know you, and, uh, and you know if anything to be credited to, I mean I guess again the only credited sample in there it's like yeah cool well and then other people have used it since like I mean there's a weird Drake freestyle where he's freestyling over that song and Kitty Kitty, Pride. Kitty yeah. Pride does and that's how I met her got a chance to get in a Did conversation you, with her are you gonna work with her because she she was hitting me up one day like she came to the New York show and cool. we got a chance to start a conversation I passed her a few things but I think she's just she's busy she's doing the tour life yeah She's getting, and she's, she's getting her voice. She's like she's popping off. It seems like yeah. out the gate, which is. Well, crazy. I think she's talented. She's very. Talented. She. It's one of those rare things where she has a voice that it's like onomatopoeia. She sounds like she kind of looks or lives. Right. Right. And just like Danny Brown. Danny Brown's like yeah. who she's touring with a lot. Like yeah. Danny Brown sounds like Danny Brown should sound. Like, yeah. And it's great. Not everyone has that that chance. Totally. A lot totally. of people like wow, you don't look how you sound, how you live, how you are. Yeah. And it seems to undermine a lot of artists. So I'm kind of hyped well. about 
trying to do something with her. It might even be on this record. I hope so. She I tried to get her on some Anacon shit at some point, and uh, it never happened. But uh, yeah, she's just self-releasing, I guess. I don't think she's doing label stuff. I think she's... I, she'll build to that, I think. She'll I, get to that. I hope, and this is true of a lot of people, that I hope she takes her time and doesn't jump into that seat where everyone wants, you know, everyone wants you to yeah. be, you know, like, the biggest. They want to see if they can, like, press the yeah. olives into olive oil really right, quick. Right, right. It is really the opposite of how you and I came up. You know, mm-hmm. no one was ever trying to press anything out of us. You just you keep you keep bashing your head against the wall until something happens, and you just keep producing. I mean, I think yeah. prolificness is something that is kind of undermined because of how vigorous. I mean, like everyone's prolific nowadays, and yet at the same time, it's like they're not necessarily willing to necessarily put out a bunch of records. They're just kind of teasing out the yeah. singles or these kind of these moments of remixes and stuff yeah. just to kind of keep their their profiles up or right. keep their numbers. There's a difference between you know, different kinds of prolific. You can kind of shit stuff out or you can really make it, like, your thing and how you want people... You know, like, I think so, some people have more of a... Uh, I'm not trying to be a pompous person saying this, but, you know, more of a quality control within themselves. And this. Probably like you're saying, though, it's like it's part of an identity versus part of something you do. Yeah. And I think you, you own being, like, the scene as being a prolific and vigorous producer, or you own just being someone who seems to be out there a lot. Yeah. And I think some people's art form is more the social media than it is the mm-hmm, music. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of the, the world. That's a new thing. In. That's yeah. a new thing, you know? Like, that but didn't... I think it's been going on for a while. You have someone like Johnny Rotten, Johnny Linden, you know, like, Sex Pistols and all that stuff, and, like... Yeah, that was his personality, was, right? was never any good. I right, mean, I right. think everyone would agree that right. he was just, like, a shitty... He, he was this... Crusty guy, but he had a look and a thing, and, a, and right. a, like... He represented a culture. I mean, arguably, he's still working those same angles, and there's it's so many examples of that. He's just trying to keep his fucking beach house now, you know? I don't know. I don't know the dude. I can't yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's <laughs> just trying to keep, you know, his, his fashionable habits going. And yeah. It's an interesting thing, though. And this is and this someone like Tyler, who's like, like Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Like a perfect example of somebody who's like, you know, I like, I actually like a lot of the production yeah. and some of his verses and stuff, but man, he is like a master of... They are good at press and everything. Media, yeah. yeah. I think they media. studied fashion and the that you know supreme world that they worked in like really closely. They yeah. understand that that there can be lines around the block for some random shoe that was made for like two cents yeah. somewhere, yeah, and burning down in a factory and killing a bunch of people. Not necessarily those <laughs> shoes, but I'm just saying some some textile mill somewhere churning out these things, yeah. and that there's the, the one stuff. the one dude in that in that crew that I mean I. I I think they're all talented, and I think I think Tyler is an excellent video. Uh, he makes really cool videos. But the one guy in that crew that I'm like, oh my god, is Earl Sweatshirt. Like, absolutely, he's a fucking killer. I've been really happy that and he's so young. Flylo has been working with him, and that that whole team is like, I'm so he's, happy. About who, that. who are these guys? This is people in your scene, kind of. Well, yeah, Flylo, Flying Lotus has been. Oh, Flying Lotus. Okay, yeah, they've been like working. Sorry, I don't know people's nicknames. No, and shit. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's. it's <laughs> Yeah. So Flying Lotus is doing some shit with, with uh, Earl, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. And Flying I Lotus love to is hear doing that. his own... And he's got his rap thing. I heard his about rap that. thing. And I actually had him on stage to... Okay, so that, that aforementioned previous tour that I did with, with Mad Villain, where I played accordion. Yeah. Um, we did accordion at the Fonda. Uh, recently played the Fonda again for this tour for during this last 10 weeks. And I was able to have Captain Murphy, which is Flying Lotus's rap alias, come out and do Doom's verse... Because he also was acting like a villain a little bit, and uh-huh. was was really weirdly full circle. And so, no matter how any of this touring business goes, and how nobody remembers history, sometimes you do things for yourself, and it works out okay. Yeah, it's a really weird thing to be self satisfied as a musician. It almost is like it feels really wrong. I don't know how you, how you feel about this. 
like happiness and music don't usually go together. Yeah. Like usually most of the stuff comes from like dark places or like you I know, feel happy when I finish something. You know what I mean? There's that satisfaction. That's and that is this kind of satisfaction. Yeah. But the kind of you know, you, the engine that goes into music seems like it doesn't come from like, Hey, I'm feeling so satisfied today, I'm gonna Generally go work on not. a song. Generally not. But it's yeah. so defeatist, you know, it's like yeah. we're, we're trying to be these professional musicians that are inspiring or putting these things out and yet these things come from dark places and all yeah. anyways, it's there's some truth in this that I'm trying to eventually get happy about. I'm trying to I'm trying to work towards that too, man. You know, as a lyricist, it, it can be hard to like you know, and you get so used to a certain character, or, you know, or a certain um, uh, you get used to a certain voice. Well, especially and, because you know that people there's a persistence of vision thing with any you have this certain output, yeah, and they have this kind of repetition. There's this 24 frames per second that you have achieved mm-hmm. and have sustained, and then when you change that up a little bit, people are weirded out. Whatever, get really weirded out. It's like that new Hobbit film. Like, yeah, man, that thing looks weird. 48 what, frames. What oh, oh, yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah, did you see it in 48? I, I think, I guess, it I saw looked it like in a the cheap, theater, like BBC drama. Sort of like too real, yeah. Like, like really too real. Yeah, like everything's like Doctor Who type and, shit. Yeah, kind of. So yeah, we can do that with our own. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, I just feel like at some point, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not about continuing to make music then, or you know, something, or like either I have to incorporate some sort of happiness into it, or not do it. I'm not going to drag myself in, back through the muck just so that I can relive dark moments and, and put it into songs so I can make a living, you know? Like, I don't know. The way I've been attacking it for a little bit is just to try to differentiate the range of emotions. Like, yeah. electronic music really is like, either it's party or it's like weird ambience and darkness. Right. That's generally the two tones that people right. take. Like, even if it's like fast or slow, like, it's still like there's a certain kind of you, tone. You get into some change. different shit, though. I, you'll, I, go, you'll go whimsy sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing in the arsenal to yeah. have, even though a lot of people misconstrue I that. I appreciate that about your shit. Yeah, yeah I appreciate definitely. That. But uh, it is it is a strange thing where people are waiting for those two moments, like either like some bad LMFAO, you know, like party time, let's get drunk kind of music, or like never-ending story, like people yelling at you. So <laughs> trying to figure out the balance. And I, I like this idea that you can have other emotions. Yeah. Most of my records, now you can maybe relate to this or not. Now this is something... I find it's a weird topic, but someone that has done records, like most of my records are very conceptual. Yeah. Like I did a record about the Boxer Rebellion of like 1898 to 1903 or that rough range of years. Okay. What is, what is this? It's called the Righteous Fist of Harmony. Okay. It's on Brain Feeder, Flying Lotus's label. As much as it has songs, it's like about this moment in time and I really wanted people to get that. Nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. But for me, it's the impulse that helps it become a record. It's, it's the way of, of, of your process, and you know, you know that's what you're doing it about, and you have, that's your, your something you're drawing from. Mm-hmm. And wh- how do you get, get that across? Do you have vocal samples or things like that? Or, or Usually it's more abstract. Usually it's trying to go for an emotional idea. A, fe- a feeling that's, that you get about that. In that case of that, of that record, there were some lyrics. Okay. Just like historic moments that kind of helped. And then other records are just more about like a, sustaining a feeling or like I had the record about Wales, the country that's nearby. Called Upsonodonia that came out in Plug Research a long time ago, and I remember that, that one, has yeah. some like some like Welsh words and some like other bits and pieces that are about this idea of ascension. The Snowdon is like Sir Edmund Hillary climbed that to get ready for Everest. Okay, so it's like preparation for bigger like, bigger things. Yeah, and like not not trying to get bogged down in it, but at the same time trying to evoke it in yeah. this kind of abstract way that electronic music can do. Anyways, but this idea of conceptual music, yeah, that can can have like you know real fingerprints like real feeling of like i've always struggled with preconceived concepts like because inspiration for me is so 
fleeting and sporadic. But it's a lyricist, isn't that? Nothing's planned. Everything is piecemeal and everything mm-hmm. is pulled together. It creates itself in a way, but, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense, but yeah. then are you prepared for the fact that people are going to read into it and make a story out of it? Yeah, well, I make a story out of right. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. as I'm going, I start to kind of make a story out of it. Mm. And, and I later figure out maybe what an album is about or the threads that are within it, which are definitely there. Mm. But I, I, I couldn't sit down and say that. Well, I, I, you know, if I was to do that, I, I wouldn't know where the fuck to start. To, you know, if I was going to say, like, All right, I'm going to do something that's about, but maybe that's what I need but to do is kind of take. But also, don't you like think that. subconsciously you're already doing that? I mean, just even when you say, "Okay, I'm going to work on a new record," yeah, you're just in a place, and if you're going to be honest to that place, you're going to make that record that comes from that place. It always does come from that place. Yeah. It always does come from that place, and that's why I feel I feel like I can like you know the rungs on the tree for me are my albums. You know, from when I think about the past and and all that. They, everything is within the demarcation of time. Is absolutely, time absolutely. Whether it's different relationships I have with different people, or, or or issues I've had with myself, whether it be you know illness or mental illness yeah. or whatever, you know, it all takes place during periods of album. You know, that working on an album, and that's sort of what it's been for me is almost almost like you know a, a per, my my personal journey or whatever. Sure, you your know. personal relationship to the band journey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My own no, no. journey. Um, no, no, I know, I, I understand yeah, completely. That makes but, sense. but it, but that makes it. It seems like it would make it really relevant. Then the record process to you is, you know, when you have to lay that egg, so to speak. Yes, because it is that is the time in your life that it needs to happen. But it's all, but it's there's a there's a long revving up period, you know, where where I'm starting to sort of collect little ideas. Like right now, you know, like yesterday, I wrote some lines about you know uh, a popular barber, you know, who sits on the corner and watches his work go by and you know like i don't i don't know what that's about or you know like but, i don't know what that'll become if anything you know what i mean but like it's just i just you don't you don't try to psychoanalyze not necessarily at that time i i, I try to allow stuff to just come from the gut yeah. and not try to get into the head until i start putting things together mm-hmm. and then once i start putting things together then I'm like, oh, this is why this goes with this. This is why this goes, you know. And then it gets into a very psychological game, yeah. um, where where I am psycho- psych- psychoanalyzing myself. How do you not go crazy? I am crazy. Okay, there you go. perfect. <laughs> no, I it do go like- crazy. I I've gone through I've I've gone through periods of crazy. Yeah. You know, like I. Um, but I'm. You it's know, good I'm, that you have this 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 outlet then, because there is certainly there's a lot of crazy in the world, and it's, yeah. a lot of people don't have an outlet that they can crystallize. They can like. Yeah, they can either both do the metamorphosis thing and like and birth the thing and have it be this record, this like real physical manifestation of it, or the whole thing of actually being able to look at it through a lens and really be able to and like really see the thing for what it is. As at least I can identify what's going on. Yeah. yeah, there's so many people that have all these jumbled ideas and they they're like I can't figure out what's wrong with me or what's going on, and they don't and they never sort of shit it out like I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and then, and it's just all swimming in their head. So it is kind of my way of of sort of releasing. I think of a period. You know, yeah. at some point I, I would I would like you know to not have to do that and to just kind of do things less less of a, a, a an emotionally no but that's but at the same time it's like you you have to i mean at some level you have to especially because you have this this history of releasing music you have to see it as being this positive force that your journey and your your particular chemicals and all these things that make up you can can kind of have this relevance and this effect and help other people we got a phone call yeah hello Johnny, we're down here. oh you're downstairs 
yeah, man, we'll, we'll come down. We're, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we're still talking for a second. We'll, we'll we'll wrap it up in the next five ten minutes. Do I should I let you in or you're in? Okay, cool. Sounds good. Bye. Oh, you're, you're, they're, they're here, so let's let's. You're uh, quiet. Goodbye, for you uh, know, upturn. You're you're, uh, you're peaceful. Let them go. Actually, goodbye. this is like as as DNA as it gets. The way you say goodbye says so much about where you're from. Usually, I usually I do like a, and I because I get I get um, teased about this. I do like a bah. Okay, bah. Bah. <laughs> you're a good like, one. My dad. Yeah, I get uh, it from my, you know. Huh. Uh, that was a very yeah. peaceful one, though. So these are some. Well, you know, I was talking into the thing, and I didn't want to be loud into there. I'm, um, this is your brother, maybe too. This yeah, I was my brother. Yeah. yeah. So maybe this is maybe like, that means something. Yeah, How would you? How would you say goodbye? What's your? I don't. I have to be in the moment. I right, can't. I right. can't. I, it's hard to fake. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To fake. If I thought about it, I would probably. We're not actors, after all. You and I. We're we make music. We're not necessarily actors. We we do get on stage though. We do. There is a we very do. powerful and strange thing that happens when you've been on stage for. That's like, true. I almost got. I I did my math recently. Um, I don't take this too seriously. But Your crowd time, math. Crowd what, math. What, what was it? Dance floor mathematics. Yes. <laughs> Dance floor math. I, I've I've either surpassed or I'm very close to my thousandth show. Yeah. How do you know? How can you keep? Well, t- the weird thing about like uh, Song Kick is a good resource in this term. Like I have like six hundred or seven hundred shows, something around there. But that can't have been going for too long. What is Song? Kick? It's it's old. It's well, it's one of these sites where you can just register gigs, and so just like going back, it, like people have put up shows that they've either been to or series that have happened. It's easy enough to put things up. I've put up a fair bit, just making sure, just even to plug the show that I have coming up, and right. so that right. the past couple of years have been busier. So a couple hundred these over these years couple hundred extra and then I have some extra that came from before I was dataless or whatever and so it's just anyways just getting that weird thing I've been on I've spent this hour nugget of time almost a thousand times um, or more than a thousand times now weird that's, that's, a, mean lot. Anything, that's a lot that's a lot but it also means that I've had eyes on me in this weird like maybe not not too many or a lot depending on the yeah. show you know, I some, mean that's powerful. You know, I mean just to just to know that this many people have, have you know witnessed your, your inner workings. You know, as an artist, a lot of people know. don't understand. I know you understand very yeah. well this idea that some people have come to your particular brand of crazy or your particular energy, and they have eaten of it this many times in this way. It's a strange yeah. thing to know that you've both given and been gifted. Yeah, this exchange. It it is. It is. It's a good thing. I mean, it's. I, we're fortunate, I think, to be able to do this. Yeah, as much up in up in your head as you can get about this way or that way of of you know. I wish it was. You know, I was more popular. I wish I was more. You know, things that I tr- start tripping out on. You know, I I I have been really trying to embrace because I. I I suffer from some of those same doubts yeah. and worries, especially just trying to sustain as a lifestyle. Like yes. I've gotten used to not. I've never had a job per se. I've always yeah. just done music. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact I'm very... I, I could easily enough just go back to living really close to the ground. Yeah. Like, have a family and stuff to a degree and, and like, have these different parts of my life that I want to sustain and, like, want to support. But, like, it could get really low again. And yeah. Like it could still, like, move off in the desert. We could just, like, ship up as a family and just get off to the desert and stuff and, like, just live really close. But... So I just want to be able to sustain my expensive coffee habit, really. Yeah. At this point. I mean, so look... I need to have this continue. 
just in and of itself, the fact that you haven't had a shitty day job, you know, and that's that's a huge thing, right? Like, a lot of people would, would consider, you know, like, it's, it's all relative. That's the thing, is like, I haven't worked a job since, like, 2000, you know, and it's but like... But then, at the same time, it's like, we don't have retirement funds. We don't right, have... that's true. Like, this... Insurance. It, when, this, when, like, the kids stop coming to shows... Yeah, it's over. It, it, yeah, it's It's like, death, it's death. But it's the short run. We got, you know, better to burn out than to fade away, right? Yeah. So we had, you know, we lived by that... Credence, you know, as opposed to so all this the all safe this, way. All this being said, I'm trying to embrace this idea though that the art itself has a relevance, not so much me. So I'm putting it outside of myself as much as possible, and that when the people decide to not come to the show anymore, it's okay because the art itself has this thing to it. Like I might not have any confidence in my own ability or self, but the art itself, the, there's something about it that that means that it has this this point and promise that even if it isn't now, give it a few years, it'll come, it'll have some meaning to it. And it has a life past your life. It it, entirely, a life outside of my life. Yeah. And beyond your life. And when you die, it's still there. It's bouncing off of satellites in outer space. That's something I like to think about sometimes. Yeah. Well, look, let's close it up. I think that's a good, a good note. Um, it flew by and I, we didn't get into your, Childhood, your 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 parents. Your we we talked about music. That's everything. Next time. That's Next everything. Time. Music's everything. Eh, it's fun. Eh. <laughs> We're gonna get there. We'll do it another time. Sure. Great, Thanks. great to have you. Daedalus, signing off. Thank you. Good talk, right? Good stuff. Boy, it's hot. We all know that. I don't mind. I like the heat. I feel a little bit like I want to go out and do something somewhere, but I don't know what to do. Do you know that feeling? That's it for this. If you haven't yet, go uh, give some money to this Kickstarter for this documentary my friends are making about my band. You're much appreciated. Tell a friend. I look forward to hearing from you people on the internet. I always enjoy that. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wandering Wolf. Look, guys, it's been a difficult trying day. 
We got through it. We got, got through it. Let's, uh, let's go put this thing in the air. And, uh, toast you know. It until, toast, it tomorrow, till, to, toast it to tomorrow. To get Alex. toasted until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And toast to tomorrow. To Alex. To meeting up with Alex and James. Something like that.